0: I don't know if i need to do anything to turn this on or you just do it good job sound is always a challenge you know so you guys are getting stuck with the jersey connection for the next few weeks i got a couple of, i met this lady on the airplane that lady is from the airplane on united airlines and i invited her to church today hi nancy and her sister's with her is that your sister Welcome her. I don't know your name, but God bless you. God, I'm glad you're here. Well, it's good to be with you. Um, been a while since I've been with you. Uh, some of you might remember me, some of you would rather forget me, uh, but that's okay. Um, I'm going to just take a moment, though, before we get into our study today, because as you know, the world is going crazy. And You know, when our own government doesn't seem to respond in a way that we as believers would want them to in a crisis like this, it really grieves us even more. And we can look at the situation, and if you don't know, Israel is literally on fire. There's uh, hundreds, over a hundred are dead, there's hostages, some There's rumors that some cities are under hostage, complete cities, and this was a a coordinated patterned attack against Israel, who we've been friends with as a nation for so many years, and uh, it grieves my heart, and the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, I believe that Lord isn't done with the nation of Israel. I know you guys have been going through the book of Revelation, so you've had some wake-ups about that probably recently. But I want to take a moment, and I just want to come before our king because the answer is not in the United Nations. The answer is not in our nation. The answer is not in the nation of Israel. The answer is not in them winning this war or whether they lose this war or what may come of it. The answer is Jesus Christ. And he is coming back to this earth. And these signs point to the fact of his coming. And he's coming soon. I don't know how soon. I'm not going to name a day or the hour because as soon as I do, then he won't come that day. So I don't want to eliminate any days. But our only hope, the only hope for this world, is Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head and your heart with me as we pray? Lord You see what's happening. And Lord, you knew this would happen. All these things would happen. You are sovereign. You are Lord of all. And yet, Lord, our heart grieves for the pain and the hurt that people go through, not only in Israel, but all around this world. This world is filled with heartache and pain and brokenness. We know, Lord, that you... Love men, you love people. And we call upon your name today and we put our trust and our hope in you afresh. And if you're here today and keeping your heads bowed and eyes closed, if you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, now's the moment, today's the day. He came, he died, he rose from the dead. He gave his life so that you could live. And i want to exhort you today to put your trust in him because we want when he comes back we want you to go with us we want you to be with us and he could come any moment and so lord we lift that before you and i pray for every person in this room i pray if there's anyone with us that has not yet made that personal decision for you that you would call them to it even now and they would hear your voice and they would respond and the way you respond to that is by saying lord i believe i believe that you came and you died and you rose i put my trust in you and i open my heart to you and i ask you to come into my life and fill me with you and if you do that today he's going to change your life forever as he has ours so we cry out to you lord come quickly lord jesus we're ready we pray for this world we pray for your will in jesus name amen amen i'm going to ask you to do another thing for me if you would if you would stand and open your bibles to the book of acts chapter one acts chapter one starting in verse four And I like to have a stand for the reading of the Word of God. It's just something I do to kind of honor God's Word. This this book is amazing, is it not? It'll change your life from the inside out through His Spirit. So we read in Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, You have heard from Me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, to read. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. Father, again we pray that you'd open our eyes, speak to our hearts, convict us, reprove us, direct us and guide us in Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. You can have a seat. So today I want to speak with you about the Holy Spirit. He is the third person of the triune God. And I'm going to talk to you today about this power of the Holy Spirit that we desperately need in our lives. Now, He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. He's not a power or an infusion of power. It's not what that is. He is a person. He is the third person of the triune God. By the way, He's not the third person because He's less important than the first and second person. Now, sometimes we think that there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's not that. It's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, co equal, 100% God, three in one. He's the third person of the triune God because somebody had to be third. And he's a person with a personality, and he has plans and goals in this world, to work in this world, and he wants to work with us. Now, that should blow your mind right there, that the Holy Spirit wants to work with us, that God wants you to be a part of the things that he wants to accomplish. Isn't that awesome? But you can't be a part of that if you're not filled with his Spirit. You can do works, and they can be good works in the sense of seemingly good from the outside but in all honesty anything you do apart from the power of the holy spirit apart from his work in you and through you well isaiah called it through the holy spirit called it filthy rags he called it useless in essence And there is a lot of good things done in the name of men around the world. But the work of the the Holy Spirit is more than just a good thing done by a man. It's a great thing done by our God. And so there's a great need in our lives for the Holy Spirit. And Jesus told us this. You might remember in Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds, and everyone who knocks it'll be opened. And then he says something kind of, I mean, Jesus is really funny sometimes. He says, If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, if your kid came to you and asked for you a piece of bread, would you give him a stone? That's funny. Come on, that's funny. And if he asked for a fish, would you give him a serpent? And if he asked for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? Imagine, hey, would you give me, can I have a hard-boiled egg? Nah, chew this scorpion instead. Of course not. And he says, if you, then being evil, in other words, man by nature has an evil streak, we're evil by nature, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children you're not going to do those crazy things how much more will your heavenly father not give the holy spirit to those who do what ask oh he just he just ask for it have you asked today are you asking and by the way, the wording there is ask and keep on asking, seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. It's not ask one time and I, oh, I'm good, I got the Holy Spirit. That's it. But it's a continual process. He told the disciples to wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard from me. You know, the Holy Spirit works in several different ways with men. And you, you guys have been around... Uh, Calvary Chapel, La Habra, for a while. You know this, but I'm going to remind you of it. He, the first work of the Holy Spirit is found in John chapter 14. You can turn over there with me. Where Jesus said, in verse 15 of John 14, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will send you another comforter or another helper, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, he says, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you, Jesus says. So the first work of the Holy Spirit that takes place in the life of every man, woman, and child on planet Earth is the Holy Spirit comes alongside you in your life. And I was raised in the church. I didn't know Jesus personally. I I didn't have the Holy Spirit within me But the Holy Spirit was alongside me, even as a kid. And he was working alongside, trying to convict me. And in in John 16, it says the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because you do not believe in me. Now, by the way, we all know we're all sinners, right? Do we have to debate that at all? I mean, You say to somebody, you're a sinner. No, no, I'm not a sinner. Yes, you are. You're lying right now. We're all sinners, right? The word sin just means we've missed the mark. You fired the arrow. You didn't make it. It didn't hit the bullseye. You missed the mark, so you're not perfect. You're a sinner. Is there anybody want to debate that today? If you do, meet somebody outside with there. I'm not asking you to debate it with me right now. We're all sinners. So he came to convict the world of sin. But by the way, do you understand that the sin that the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world as he comes alongside us, is the sin of unbelief. You know, when we think of sin, we think of, you know, murder, rape, you know, uh, child molestation, something really wicked and evil and awful. And those are evil and awful things. But the sin, the sin that he's talking about here is the sin of unbelief. Because Jesus said there's only one sin that will separate you from God. He said, all manner of sin has been forgiven man except for one sin, and that is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which is the rejection of Jesus Christ. And just put that light on me so you could see my bald head better. I'm just saying. <laughs> and the rejection of Jesus Christ is the only sin. I know, I know people who've committed multiple murders, And we're going to see him in heaven i have met with david berkowitz the son of sam killer from new york he's in a prison in new york he'll never see the light of day he'll never come out but if you met that fella today he is the sweetest most wonderful christian brother you could ever imagine and yet he's in prison for multiple multiple and he was a He was, the son of Sam thing in 1970s was a scary, scary thing in in the East Coast. He he tells the story, he was demon-possessed when it happened. But the Holy Spirit got a a hold of his life and changed his life from the inside out. And he's like a pastor in prison now. God's using him incredibly. He listens to our radio programs from New Jersey. The radio goes up into his prison and he listens all the time, sends his letters And I got to go visit him one time. But Jesus said he was leaving this earth, he's going away, he's going to come back again. But until he comes back, he sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, he comes alongside, he draws us, he convicts us. And you guys remember before you were a Christian, or if you're not yet a Christian, let me say this to you, you're here in a church, the Holy Spirit's alongside you, and he's saying, hey, you need to come to Jesus. And that's that's the job, the first work of the Holy Spirit. Well, then the second work of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit comes within you. And when you are born again, when the Holy Spirit comes in your life, you're born again of the Spirit of God. He comes and He changes you from the inside out, right? And this work of the Spirit took place in most of our lives, right? You remember it. And it was a wonderful, is a wonderful thing. He comes, he, he comes inside of us. And look over at John chapter 20 with me. We'll see how this happened in the disciples' life. And it's, a, it, it, you know, we, we, the Holy Spirit is our guide. And Jesus says he'll guide them into all truth. And we need to be guided by the Spirit. It's part of his power in our life. But notice, I want you to notice something very interesting here in John chapter 20. After the resurrection, Jesus has died and risen from the dead. In John 20, verse 19, it says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst of them and said, By the way, just stop that for a second. Just Jesus came and stood in the midst of them. Wouldn't you like to have been in that meeting? Just to sit there and you're, you know, you're, you're hiding. They're in hiding at this point. They don't know what they're doing. Their, their, their hero has died, as far as they know. I mean, he's appeared to them once before, but they're still confused. Like, what is this whole resurrection? He's come back to life, but what are we supposed to do now? And Jesus comes, and he just... And when he comes, he says, Peace be with you. You know, that's what Jesus does. He comes and breathes peace into our life. And then he said to them, He showed them his hands and his feet... They sighed, excuse me, and they were, they were happy they saw the Lord. And then it says in verse 22, and when he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when Jesus Christ, God the Son, risen from the dead, breathes on you and says, Receive the Holy Spirit, what do you think happens? Come on, say it. You receive the Holy Spirit. And so they did. This is the moment that the disciples were born again, like the moment that you were born again, when you accepted Christ, whether you raised your hand, you came forward, you said yes, you asked him to come into your life, you knew you were a sinner, you needed forgiveness, you knew that he paid for the price for your sin, and if you haven't done that today, that's what you need to do, and you did that. And you were born again. The Holy Spirit came in. But something very interesting happens after this. Because Acts chapter 1, we just read that Jesus told the disciples to go and wait for the promise of the Father which you've heard from me, and you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So wait a minute. If they have the Holy Spirit in them, then why do they need this other experience with the Holy Spirit? Well, they need it because Jesus said so. And you and I need it because Jesus said so. You can be born again, you can know the Lord, you can have the Holy Spirit in you and never walk in the power of the Spirit. Never experience the fullness of the Spirit. And this is what he wants for all of our lives. It's, it's, it's the call of God and it's the desperate need in our lives and it's, it's the purpose. It, it makes you live with the purpose you were made to live with and for. So he tells them, it's not for you to know the times and seasons, but go and wait for the promise of the Father which you've heard from me and you'll receive power, dunamis, dynamite power. Who wants dynamite power today? Anybody? Right? We want it. We need it. And so he says, go and wait. Now, by the way, he told them this also, the men on the road to a mass. In Luke 24, he used the same exact words. He said, go wait for the promise of the Father which you've heard from me. And by the way, at the end of the message by Peter, the first message in the New Testament, when Peter gives the the call to the ministry, or the call to salvation, he says, the promise is for you and for your children and to all who are far off. So this promise of the Holy Spirit, it was for the disciples, but it's also for you and I, right? And here's the thing, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so essential in the life of every person, every Christian. Because we see the examples of the apostles, the disciples. Here they had been with Jesus for three years. They had seen him appear in the resurrection for 40 days. They had seen him now risen from the dead. They had seen the miracles of Christ. They watched him raise others from the dead. They'd seen leprous cleanse and lame walk and blind see and deaf hear and, and multiplication of loaves and fish more than once. And they heard the sermon, every sermon he ever preached. <clears throat> They'd been to three and a half years of Bible college and now they're in a 40-day seminary. They've got everything that Jesus has ever given to anybody except Jesus said you're not yet ready. See, it would seem like that with all that was given to them that they were ready to just go and do it. And it would seem like, you, just go, get out, get out there, tell everybody about me. But they didn't even do that. They actually were in hiding. And Jesus said, go and wait for the promise of the Father. Go and wait. By the way, we like to go. We don't love the wait, do we? Anybody like to wait? <laughs> None of us. I say, give me patience, Lord, but I want it right now. And so he tells them there, and we read it again in Acts chapter 1. They tells them, wait for the promise of the Father. Don't leave this place because Pentecost is about to happen, is what he says. Wait for the promise of the Father. The promise of the Father. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Now, we've, had this, we've mentioned the Holy Spirit comes alongside you. Then we said with the Holy Spirit, well, he comes within you when you're born again. But there's another experience with the Holy Spirit. And by the way, different theology and different churches will say, well, you know, when you've got the Holy Spirit, you've got the Holy Spirit, you don't need more of the Holy Spirit. You know, you don't get more of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gets more of you. And, and, and so the Holy Spirit coming upon, it's the, it's the Greek preposition, E-P-I. So we have three prepositions used here. Para, coming alongside. Then we have in, which is E-N in the Greek, coming within you. And then we have the coming upon you, the E-P experience of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit comes upon us with power, dunamis power, to be a witness. And here's what he tells us. He says, you'll be witnesses of me. Now, it's not about, the Holy Spirit power is not about how loud you sing in church or whether you speak in tongues publicly or running up and down aisles and swinging from chandeliers. I notice you guys don't have chandeliers here. I I taught at a church that they actually had chandeliers. So I said, we could actually do it. Like most of the time, you say swinging from the chandelier. Nobody does that because you don't have chandeliers in churches most of the time. But this church actually had it. I said, let's get let's get the ladder out. Let's, you, know, you know. It's not about. That. Chuck Smith said this. He said, he said, the Holy Spirit's power isn't how it isn't how you walk, or it isn't, it isn't how high you jump, but it's how you walk when you land, right? So that's what it's about. And I want you to consider that this power changed everything because up until this point, the disciples are following Jesus, they're listening to Jesus, they've heard everything, they've seen him risen from the dead, but they still aren't doing anything. In fact, Peter at one point says, I'm going fishing. He's going back to his old life. You remember that story in John chapter 21? I'm going back, I'm going fishing. And the rest of the disciples said, we're going with you. They went on a fishing expedition. And we know what happened there. Jesus met Peter and talked to him there on the Sea of Galilee. And he told Peter, Peter, you're, I'm not done with you. But imagine how Peter must have felt. He denied the Lord. He said to the Lord, I'll never deny you. And the Lord said, yes, you will, Peter. You're going to deny me. And he said, I'll die with you. And remember, he took out his little knife and his dagger and he stabbed that guy, Malchus. Which, by the way, if Peter was right-handed... It says it cut off the right ear of Malchus. You know what that means? Malchus was running away, and Peter chased him down and chopped his ear off. It wasn't a, it wasn't a heroic thing. It was like cowardly. And then, of course, Jesus took the ear and put it back on the guy's head. There's no evidence against Peter. I love that. But Jesus had said, "You'll deny me." He told him that Satan had desired to sift him as wheat, but I, I. Have prayed for you, Peter. And strengthen your brethren. And when he, he said, when, when you have been restored, strengthen your brethren. When you have been restored. And after Jesus was risen from the dead, Peter was hiding. He didn't care. And yet the Lord wasn't done with him. And he's not done with you. Maybe you're here today and you have had you've done some things like you think that, no, Pastor Chris, you don't know me. I can you, I can't be forgiven. It's too much. Imagine what it was like for Peter when he came out and he saw Jesus. Remember that story in Luke 22, I think it is, where they, their eyes meet? Peter is in the courtyard. Jesus is being tried. It's before the resurrection. And Jesus looks at Peter. And it says, Peter went away and wept bitterly. You know, you think, what was that look like? You know, I was raised in a church where, you know, I always was kind of afraid of God. Anybody in that place when you were raised, you're kind of cowering at God? And so I would have thought that look would have been like, I knew you would do that. You denier. You loser. It wasn't that at all. I believe that look was a look of love. Where Jesus said to Peter, in a sense, in his eyes, he said, we're gonna make it, Pete. We're gonna you're gonna get through this. Like that song today, it really hit me today. That song, we're gonna make it through. You're gonna make it through. Amen? Yeah. And and he looked at Peter that way, and the Holy Spirit is what changed everything. Because when Peter went to Jerusalem and waited for the promise of the Father which came upon him just a day or two after Jesus said he would. That 40 days, 50 days before Jesus rose from the dead, then Pentecost came, the Holy Spirit fell upon the church, and who stood up and gave the sermon? The denier. The loser. (laughs) And how many? 3,000 were saved that day, and it was the seed of the church, the start And this power that he's promised us is the power of the Spirit that would come upon you that you might be witnesses for him. And that word witness is the word martyr. And Peter was martyred for the Lord. You remember that you know that from tradition. We know that. In fact, every one of the disciples, except for John the Apostle, were martyred for the Lord. John was sent to the island of Patmos and the uh, story is told that he was boiled in oil at one point and didn't die. Now, we don't know that to be true for sure, but that's what tradition tells us. Do you wonder maybe, are you here today, and do you wonder if you can be restored? Let me tell you, if you will yield to the Spirit of God, even if you're a Christian and you've been backslidden, you've been away from God, and you know you think you've done stuff that God can't forgive, you can't come home, you can come home today, and the Holy Spirit can fill you afresh, and you can walk out of this place in power. I have no doubt Peter would have thought his life in ministry was over. He might have been, when he saw the Lord risen from the dead, he might have been like, okay, I guess I can go to heaven. But I don't think he thought he could ever be used by God. And yet just a few days later, the Spirit of God came upon him. And in Acts chapter 2, when that day of Pentecost came, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is what I need. This is what we all need. is a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. And all through the book of Acts, the story is over and over in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 4, in the latter part of Acts chapter 4, in Acts chapter 8, in Acts chapter 9, in Acts chapter 13. The early church was, was known for the power of the Spirit of God. And then Paul taught it clearly. And this is why I read out of Ephesians chapter 5, because Paul taught this clearly to his, in his epistles. And we know that something is absolutely true. When it came from Jesus, it was practiced in the early church, and it was confirmed by the apostle Paul. And Paul says there in Ephesians chapter 5, if you'll go back there with me, he says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. That means to walk like you're on a tightrope wire. You ever feel like this life is a tightrope wire? We are to walk in the light is the idea. You know, Jesus said in, Je- in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And he said, a city on a hill cannot be hidden a light or a lamp put on a basket or a lamp, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all those around. Let your light so shine before men that you may they may see your good works, and glorify your Father in heaven. That's Matthew five fourteen, and sixteen. We are to walk in the light. We are the light. You ever been? You ever get up in the middle of the night? And you are walking through the dark and. You wish to turn the light on because you just stubbed your toe and it feels like throbbing. You're going to fall over dead. And then you just go, I'm so stupid. Why didn't I turn on the light? You know, we do the same thing spiritually. We go out without having turned the light on, in a sense, in our life. Having the Spirit, asking the Spirit to fill us and touch us. And we just go out into this world and then we wonder why we stumble in the darkness. He says, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. We need to walk circumspectly, which is sort of like walking with eyes in the back of your head, like when you're seeing everything around you, you're, you're very knowledgeable, you know what's going on. You get the, what's going on in this world, and you're to walk circumspectly because the days are evil. Do you guys realize how evil the days are? I, I'm, a, I'm a news junkie. I read a lot of stuff. And there's a story of two young men who are driving down the street, and this went viral on the internet, and they they actually were saying, there, and you hear them saying, run him down, run him down. And they run down a police officer and kill him as he's riding his bike down the road. And then the kid revels in it afterwards and says, ah, it was just a hit and run, it was no big deal. I'll beat this, he says. There is such evil, callousness, hardness. If you watched any of the news the last couple of days and you see that these Palestinian terrorists, the Hamas, are celebrating the killing of their, the Jews, they're laughing and cheering. We are in evil days. And I could go on and on. I don't, I don't think I need to. We're warned by Timothy, by Paul through Timothy that, that in 1 Timothy 4, that this will be in the last days. And redeeming the time, it doesn't necessarily, this is, I used to think this talked about making sure you don't waste time. And it might be a hint toward that, but it's really more paying attention to the time. The time we're in. Taking opportunity when it's presented to you. Looking at open doors. And do you realize that you are the light of the world, and, and, and being the light of the world, you may be the only light that comes into people's lives on any given day, week, or even in their lifetime. So, for example, when you go to eat dinner today or lunch this afternoon, if you go out to lunch and you sit down at a table... You realize the waiter, the waitresses, they're not just there so you can have convenience. You know, I get, I used to get frustrated with waiters and waitresses or with, you know, going, I'm, they didn't get my meal right, they didn't, uh, you know, I'm waiting too long, I want my drink, I want, the... a few years ago, God just convicted me, you know, and, and in Jersey, we're impatient, I confess, we're more impatient, you Californians, you're very laid back, you know. <laughs> Jersey people were like, hey, I want to now, get due, let's, 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 let's go. But I, the Lord convicted me, and I, now every time I go to a restaurant, not every single, most every time. I, I confess it's not every single time, because sometimes I am, you know. But I say, I, wait, I say to the waiter or waitress, I like to pray for our waiter or waitress every time we're together, so how could I pray for you? You would not believe the doors that open up. Just this week, I was in Colorado, we're at a, a restaurant, we said to the lady, we'd like to pray for you. She starts crying and she, she pulls out a picture of her husband who's been in a bedridden for five years that she had to give up living. He didn't even live in the house anymore. She's got five kids she's trying to take care of and she's a waiter at a, at a little diner restaurant. And we start praying for her, and there were other pastors in there too because we were at a conference. They started praying, and a random lady from another table got up, went over, laid hands on her. She started praying. The whole place was crying. And I had to wait for my eggs. (laughs) You get it? You understand? Like, it ain't about your eggs, man. It's about this person same day at dinner a young lady comes waiting on me she's got nose rings and tatted all up and she's waiting on us and I looked at her and I said hey we're gonna pray for you at some point we what can we pray for you about she goes on time you are on time she goes I'm like what do you mean she goes this is my last shift at this restaurant I'm going back to my home in Minnesota she said i'm going to restart i finished college i'm going to go restart i don't know what i'm doing she said but you know i used to go to a bible camp i was raised in the church and i know i need to get back to the lord we prayed with her right there and she was again in tears you are i am the light of the world but you know what you're not going to be the light if you're not filled with the spirit If you're just going to live in the flesh you know, the Bible says you walk in the flesh, walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You, you, can, you can choose to just ignore the Spirit and just walk out and do your life, and you go to your job, and you drive home, and every day you're angry at the traffic, and you're, somebody cuts you off, and, you know, you're letting the French fry fly out, you know. <laughs> I just heard Pancho Juarez, and he was talking about vulgarity, and he, that's how he refers to it, the French fries. I didn't say it, he did. (laughs) Redeeming the time. Do you realize what you can miss out on if you don't redeem the time in your life? If you're not walking circumspectly? I was on a trip to Greece, in Greece, and we were on a boat, and I was sick. I, I have this thing, diverticulitis, that flares up sometimes, and so it's flaring up on me, and the boat's going up and down all night, and I'm like rocking, it's no good. And, and I'm the only teacher on this, this footsteps of Paul journey. And we're on this boat, and we're on our way to the island of Patmos. And while we're traveling, I'm going up, everything's going up. Now. I wake up about 5 o'clock in the morning, and I'm, I'm like so sick. I said to my wife, I can't go today. I'm just shot. And she goes, well, I'll pray for you. And then I, I, was, I went back to sleep. I, saw, I said, Lord, if you wake me up in an hour and I feel okay, I'll go. And I did. I said, the Holy Spirit, do something. I got up in an hour. I took a shower. I went down, and the lady who was our guide, she said, I've got something special for you today. If we get to the Patmos Cave first. Now, the Patmos Cave is a place where they kind of traditionally think that John was there and that maybe Jesus met him there. They don't know for sure, by the way. But it's controlled by the Greek Orthodox Church. And no one is allowed to pray there except the Greek Orthodox priests. But she says, the priest is a personal friend of mine. And if you come and we get there early and you get your team together, we can be the first one at the cave and you can pray in the Patmos cave. She said, are you up for that? I am now, I said. (laughs) And I said, let's go. We went. We went into that cave. And there was about 50 or 60 people crammed into this little cave. Our group is about 20. And then all these other people come in. And at some point, the lady says, I'd like Father Chris to come forward. You know, <laughs> you know, we don't refer to ourselves as father in this culture, right, in that way. So I come, and I open the book of Revelation, the same text that was read this morning by Jason. I open the book of Revelation, I read that, and it says there, and, and when, Je- when, when John saw Jesus, it says that he fell as a dead man. And I said, this happened here. Somewhere in this little region here, this happened. And I started getting choked up. The Holy Spirit fell on the place. Everybody in the place started weeping. If I didn't retain the time and I stayed on the boat in bed, I missed that. See, not one of us knows what's happening in the next 10 minutes, let alone the next day. And God has work for you. If, if, Ephesians chapter 2 says he has We are the workmanship, we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works in works that He has foreordained for all of us. And if we're not sensitive to the Spirit, we don't ask the Spirit to fill us and give us this, we'll miss it, we'll miss it. And I confess, I've missed it at times. I'm not always sensitive. I remember 9-11, when 9-11 hit, I woke up in the morning, it was, a, it was a Tuesday morning, I woke up and I was like, I, I didn't get time to do my devotions, and I'm running out the door, and I had a golf date, I'm on my way driving to play golf, and I'm listening to music, and I'm not really paying attention to anything, and all of a sudden my friend calls me, and he says, turn on the radio, listen to news, I turned it on, and sure enough, that's what's happening. I pulled my car over the side of the road and started weeping and just said, God, I'm not ready for this. I didn't know if World War III was coming. None of us knew. I didn't know if the world was coming to an end right then. And I had to cry out to God and say, I'm not ready for this. I don't want to be that. I want to be ready. And God was gracious and he used me lots in 9-11 anyway. And I I turned to him totally with my whole heart, but I wasn't ready. Are you ready for what's what's going to take place today? You know pastor lance is in georgia right now with ebo elder you guys know ebo he's spoken here many times and his wife passed away this past week and it's a tragic situation i can tell you ebo didn't wake up that morning thinking his wife was going to die We need to redeem the time. We need to be filled with the Spirit because the days are evil. We don't know. And we also need to be open to being shared. He says that you're that light. Be open to share that light with somebody, that waitress, that waiter, that person that that you meet in the grocery store, the one who checks you out or helps you check out or whatever. They're people. They're not your servants. They're not our, our servants. They're people. And they need Jesus I fly a lot. Sometimes I'm tired when I fly, I just want to go to sleep. But invariably, I'm, I'm usually the guy that gets on the plane, you know, everybody today to get on the plane, put their little iPod, your pods in, I'm the guy that walks in and goes, hi, hey, my name's Chris, someone rolled her eyes, not Nancy, she was really friendly. <laughs> You'll meet her afterwards. <laughs> But I've had opportunity to share the Lord with somebody because I'm open and willing. You've got to be willing to do it. Walk circumspectly, not as fools. For the days are evil. And then speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And, and i gotta get a, I got to start to close this up because my time's going. But the bottom line is with this, when you're filled with the Spirit, it changes everything. And he goes on in Ephesians here where he says that this being filled leads to submitting to one another. It leads to psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And the rest of the next chapter in Ephesians talks about wives submitting to your husbands. By the way, it says submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord there in verse 21. And you know, men, I got to tell you something. You like to circle the wives submitting to your husband in your wife's Bible, and you like to underline that and highlight that. But the verse before it says submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. It's not just about wives submitting to husbands. Everything in life is about submission. We all live a life of submission. If you don't live a life of submission, then you're not filled with the Spirit. It's impossible to be filled with pride and the Holy Spirit at the same time. Submission is part of life. And I submit to my wife all the time. And I'm thankful I can. And she submits to me also. Submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. But what happens when you are filled with the Spirit, the next section goes on to say, wives submit to your husbands, husband loves your, love your wives, children obey your parents, slaves obey your masters. It changes the entire world around you. Walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, changes everything. And here in Ephesians, he says, be ye being filled with the Spirit. It's it's kind of the idea of the refills. But D.L. Moody was asked the question, uh, Pastor Moody, why do you always ask for a refilling of the Holy Spirit? You already have the Holy Spirit. Why do you ask for a refilling? He said, I leak. (laughs) Anybody leak today? And you know what's great? You know when you go to a restaurant, you get free refills? Holy Spirit gives you free refills. So I'm going to bring this to a close, and and I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I don't know if they can hear me, but if they can, if you guys would come up. Because I'm on the clock, I'm watching here, and I'm not sure how much time I have left, but I want to give you the opportunity to respond to the Lord today. And the way we're going to do this is, number one, if you're not born again, you need to respond to that. That's the first step. You need Jesus Christ to be your lord and your master and that comes through faith believing that he died on the cross for you rose from the dead and that he is seated at the right hand of god he's praying for you and that you yield your life to him so if we bow our heads and close our eyes right now if that's you and you want jesus to be your lord and savior you've never totally submitted to him i'm not talking about religion I was religious all my life. I went to church, but I didn't know him personally until I was born again. And maybe you're in that place today. If that's you and you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, would you raise your hand up right now and just keep it up so I can see it? Is anybody today? God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. If I didn't acknowledge you, just go ahead and raise your hand just say, what you're doing basically is saying, yes, I want Jesus, I want to go to heaven, I want to be forgiven of my sin, right now. Anybody else? God bless you here, praise the Lord, God bless you. Whole bunch of people coming into the kingdom right now, praise God. Anybody else? God bless you over here on my right, I see your hand. Praise God. Anybody else? If I didn't acknowledge you, all, all the way in the back, I see you back there. Praise the Lord, man. That's awesome. You guys that raised your hands, you know, at the end of the service, I'm going to ask you to do something. I want you to come up here to the front. There'll be some people here to talk to you and just give you a Bible and pray for you or encourage you. It, it, they won't hold you long and they don't want anything from you. They're not like going to try and sign you up for a you know, newsletter that makes you pay money or something. (laughs) We don't do that here. But I also want to give an opportunity, if you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, your life, you've never yielded in that sense to where you've said, I I, I want the power of God in my life. And maybe you've been living your Christian life, but you can't even figure out why you're angry or why you're frustrated and why you can't seem to move forward. Well, that may be because maybe you've never yielded to the Spirit of God. And you know, I, again, I don't care if you come from a Pentecostal background, a conservative background, a middle-of-the-road background. I don't care whether you, what your theology is so much. I care whether you have the Spirit in your life. And again, it's not you getting more of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit getting more of you. So today, if that's you, and you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit for the very first time in your life, you want this? I'd like you to stand up right where you are. Just go ahead and stand. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Just go ahead and stand up. And as we go to a song in a moment, as you stand up, I'm going to have people praying for you. Someone's going to come to you and pray for you. So go ahead and stand, and and those of you who are not standing, as you look around the room, if you see someone standing nearby you, I want you to go over and put your hand on their shoulder and just pray for them. You know, it's not a counseling session. Don't ask them what's going on in their life. Just pray for them. Just go ahead and do that right now as we go to his song in a moment. Go ahead. If you see somebody standing, go ahead. Put your hand on them. Lay your hand on them. Go ahead and pray for them. People being filled with the Holy Spirit right now. And God wants to give you power. And there may be a life-dominating sin that God wants to give you power over. Right now, he's doing that. He's releasing you of that sin. And he's, he's telling you right now, your sins are forgiven in Jesus' name. One last thing I'm going to ask also. As you continue to pray, you guys continue to pray, if you have been leaking a lot and you know particularly that you need a refill and you've been away, you know, maybe you're frustrated, you haven't done your devotions late, you haven't been where you need to be, you know it. You want to be that witness. You want, you want that power in your life. You want that refill of power. I want you to go ahead and stand up too. Just go ahead and stand where you are. And, and then the Holy Spirit was going to touch your life. And I'm going to ask the brothers, the, 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 the team to lead us in a worship song in closing. And we're just going to close out with you guys standing up and praying for each other. So if you stand up and you want the filling of the Spirit, don't stand up even if you're, you're if you're overflowing with the Spirit and you're so jazzed, like you, you, you don't need them. Hold on a second. But those who are standing for the refilling of the Spirit. I want them prayed for too. So you look around and let's just lay hands on each other and pray for each other as they're going to lead us in a worship song. You guys just pray for each other and then Mead will close us out and dismiss you. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord fill each one of us with his spirit in a powerful way in Jesus' name.